0: The Telegraph. the Telegraph Podcasts
2: It's no exaggeration to say that we residents of the Telegraph fashion desk have been awaiting season 3 of The Crown eagerly, impatiently even and with a lot of excitement too. Netflix dropped all 10 episodes on Sunday. There are changes in Buckingham Palace, a new queen and Princess Margaret most prominently, but also plenty more of the strangled emotions and sumptuous costumes we've come to expect from the show. I'm Emily Cronin, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph, and I'd like to ask my guests, Bethan Holt, Fashion News and Features Director, Hello. and Caroline Leaper, Senior Fashion Editor. Hello. Guys, are we amused? One is amused. One is amused. <laughs> <laughs> One is definitely amused.
1: I like it. I'm enjoying the changes. I thought the first episode where they introduce the new Queen, Olivia Colman, via the stamp change thing next to Claire Foy.
2: Oh, it was clever. I thought it was incredibly clever. But when you first saw the shot of the back of Queen Elizabeth's head, was that Olivia Colman or was it Claire Foy? Oh,
3: I hadn't even thought of that. I just thought it was Olivia. I don't know. Maybe they morphed it together in some clever CGI, CGI manner. I'm not sure, though. Maybe it was a hair double. Yeah, oh, a hair double. I could do that as a job. That would be nice. <laughs> not as Olivia's hair double, but anyone.
2: You know, that was something that I think a lot of people were quite skeptical about. Would we be able to see anyone but Claire Foy as the Queen? And they they achieved it in really about the first three minutes.
1: Well, I also I was so. Um, thinking that oh my god you're just gonna look at Olivia Coleman who is now let's face it like massive Oscar winning she is just Olivia Coleman in whatever role she's in so I kind of was worried that you were gonna really see that and you do you are like oh there's Olivia Coleman but I feel like as I relaxed and started watching more and more episodes I forgot a bit more
2: I agree. It helps as well that she has almost the exact same posture as Claire Foy did as Queen Elizabeth, and the same twin sets and pearls. Like that, the costuming has been remarkably consistent, even as the decades have passed.
3: Well, that's the Queen for you, isn't it? You know, she's she's no um, slavish follower of fashion. She's got her look, and it's more of a an extremely gentle evolution than uh, any kind of snapping up the latest trends and collections, you wouldn't really know
2: what decade you were in just by looking at a picture of her. That's true. If you if you kind of cropped the picture at the neck, hmm. didn't show her hands, you know, we could, we could play like queen fashion decade bingo. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a fun game. I know what we're doing at our Christmas party. <laughs> what about Princess Margaret? Because, of course, that's another big change. We went from Vanessa Kirby as the beautiful young princess to Helena Bonham Carter as a frustrated often hungover, love-lorn, middle-aged Princess Margaret.
1: Oh, so often hungover. It's brilliant, isn't it?
3: Um, <laughs> and she stars it out so beautifully. I mean, I do not look like that when I'm hungover, but I guess I don't have a, a whole team of um, servants at my disposal. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: feel like it's quite a flattering angle when it's just like, a hand like full of gorgeous bracelets, like spills
3: across to try
1: and answer the phone. Like, you know, yeah,
3: or some diamonds to deflect the yes. kind of um, sallow hungover skin, I or not even to answer need. the phone, just to lift it up and
1: yeah, slam and it, back it down, down again.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: No calls, please. I think Helena Boncast is great as Margaret. And I do think Vanessa Kirby obviously really got that attitude and uh, of her when she was young. But I do think that the person she became is. Very, very interesting and and so well played
3: by Helena. I listened to a few Helena Bonham Carter interviews around how she prepared for this role. And I absolutely loved that when she was consulting a medium about something else, apparently. Um, As you do. Margaret appeared to her and sort of advised her that she must get the smoking right. So that was Margaret's advice from beyond the grave to Helena. That's Margaret's signature accessory was her cigarette holder. Her tortoiseshell. yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. Um, makes inc- me want
2: to smoke. Yeah. Very don't bad. smoke, don't no, smoke. No, no, no. Listeners.
3: I think she's got that kind of slightly lazy yet extremely elegant hand down to a T.
2: I noticed actually in the episode in the second episode when they arrive in America, her wave is not even a wave at all. She just Mm. kind of holds up her hand and barely moves, like, from the elbow. Well, one doesn't want arthritic wrists, does one. (laughs) But then she's so much more expressive with that cigarette holder than she Mm. ever is in relating to the public, even though, of course, she just craves their adulation. We're going to come on to favorite costumes in a moment. But what I find so remarkable about the show, one of the real joys of The Crown is the attention to detail. And watching Margaret mints across the runway in her spike heels. It's such an effective way to convey the stock that she put in her appearance and her insecurity about being short. You know, her husband, evil towards her at times, Lord Snowden, calls her the pygmy princess. And and just how much she wants to get this right. Mm. It was very poignant seeing her constantly in those heels, wasn't it?
3: And really using using her style I think we you know we always talk about how clothes can be armor and I mean the scene that I really remember from that episode was when she arrives in Arizona and she's ill and everyone's there to greet her and she has her sunglasses on and her silk scarf wrapped around her head and she kind of you know rushes in and it's like don't look at me don't look at me and it's very dramatic and Hollywood but she has these gorgeous accessories to kind of you know, just emphasise that moment.
2: Of course, yeah, um,
3: her hiding away. So yeah, it's great.
2: We haven't actually discussed yet, but this came out on Sunday. How many episodes have you watched? I think I've watched the fewest, so I'll go first. Three. I've seen four, and I've seen them in a weird order for a slightly different
1: reason. Because I interviewed um, Erin Doherty, who plays Princess Anne. So I interviewed her for Stella Magazine a few a few months ago. So I got to see like three randomly selected episodes in advance but now I've started watching it again so now I've seen two in order and two not. Weird. Oh that's such an
2: interesting way to watch
1: it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's irritating I'm going to watch it all the way through again. Just to put it
3: all together. Um, Bethan, how many episodes <laughs> have
2: you managed to watch? Confess I, confess.
3: I have watched all but one so um, I watched eight on Sunday a morning binge and an evening binge and then had a life in the afternoon and then last night I got home from a work dinner and I watched episode
2: nine in bed before going to sleep. Did you hold back because you would have been too sad if you finished the whole thing?
3: I would be really sad because it is just that sort of glorious escapism. um, And it's so like easy to watch and enjoyable. But I think I also just want to kind of see where it all goes and
2: get it out of my system. So given that you have had the most comprehensive overview of the season so far. What do we have to look forward to? What are the peak costume moments?
3: Obviously, we kind of all know and love and adore the kind of the Queen's look and um, Princess Margaret's look. And that was something that we became very au fait with in series one and two. Um, And this is a kind of continuation. But for me, I love the introduction of the new characters that comes a little bit later in the third series. So we have Princess Anne. As Caroline said, who has worn my favourite look so far, which was very understated, but I just kind of I just loved it because it was a little bit unexpected. It was a Breton striped jumper with a really fabulous navy pea coat and navy trousers. Very, very simple, but just not very royal, unexpected. And then um there's Camilla, well, She's called Camilla Shand, but becomes Camilla Parker Bowles. And there's a great little scene where she's on the phone and she's wearing a pink shirt with a pink jumper tied nonchalantly around her shoulders. So I love those, just because I love these kind of casual moments.
2: I also I adore seeing the show replicate famous photos that we know from real fashion history, like yeah. that one where um, the Queen and Princess Margaret and the Queen Mother almost look like quality streets where (gasps) Margaret's wearing the, I think, Caroline, you call it a raspberry ripple coat.
1: Yeah, that's at the investiture of Prince Charles. So when Prince Charles became the Prince of Wales in 1969 and the costume designer, Amy Roberts, has actually replicated perfectly every single one of their looks. So, yeah, you've got this picture in real life as well of, of the Queen Mother, Princess Margaret and Princess Anne One's in turquoise, one's in lime green, one's in raspberry ripple as a trio. They look kind of sour, but also kind of Prada.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> Prada. Prada. Yeah. Um, they there's look, feathers as well. There's feathers. Which is so Prada.
1: Princess Anne has like a corsage on the back of her hat that is huge. And then the queen herself was wearing this gold kind of robe, but also a helmet kind of hat. So it's kind Why not? Of, It's kind of got like a fringe with beading, and then side panels, a bit like a football helmet. Like it American did look like she helmet. was
2: about to get into a boxing ring, maybe mm, against Camilla. You yeah,
3: know. but that's just you know, investor chic, <laughs> as you do. Those details I kind of love. The Royals don't do it all that often, but that was kind of based on a, a Tudor headpiece, yeah. and that kind of recalling history. I. That's one of the things I just love when the royals dip into that. I remember Princess Diana had that gown that we now call the Elvis dress, but it had this raised collar covered in pearls and and that was inspired by Tudor ruffs when Catherine Walker created it. So just that kind of thread through history. It's, that's a little royal fashion geek note. Yeah, I really <laughs> liked Amy
1: Roberts, the costume designer. In some cases, she's done like, like for like, pitch perfect copies of what the royals actually wore. So there's that moment. There's a really great Wallace Simpson outfit.
3: I love the Wallace Simpson. Which is
1: like, she's yeah. meeting the emperor <laughs> of Japan because she's living in Paris. So she's kind of wearing what you think might be a bit of a Chanel kind of jackety hound's tooth skirt suit and that's been recreated like perfectly as well and i was like really looking through to try and find the pictures of the originals so that we could do like, side by sides online um so yeah have a look at that if you get the time
2: if you haven't seen it yet caroline has produced a wonderful feature on the website called the 14 best costume moments in the crown season 3 we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check it out
1: yeah and anytime there's one that's been replicated i have found that the original picture, it took, it was just hours of research, but so fun. What's your favourite costume
3: that you've seen so far, Emily?
2: Oh, well, uh, given that I've only seen three, or rather two and a half episodes, uh, and one of them <laughs> was the Margaret episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has to be her state dinner dress with the beautiful puffed bardo neckline, <gasps> that, that floral dress, and, and all the diamonds, and as we've touched on, the accessories. Although, there is another look, like a much humbler look that I also absolutely adored, the young princesses look.
3: Oh, that was gorgeous. With yes. the little fair Isle jumpers. Yes, and, where princesses,
2: yeah. Elizabeth and Margaret, are, I don't know, they're in th- Windsor or Balmoral, some cold, drafty, very grey country home and there are no loving adults around them, just, just lots <laughs> of must- <laughs> mustaches. Uh, they only have each other and a wardrobe, apparently, of, of very neat little... Fair Isle jumpers and collared shirts and and little pearl necklaces. Although this has actually been a bit controversial, I saw uh, someone point out on Instagram that the that the collared shirt was incorrect. That little girls would have worn a rounded collar. Pointed collars were only for boys. Oh gosh, I know. Can you imagine? And, uh, Peter Morgan, the creator of The mm-hmm. Crown, uh, has said that he uh, that he employs ten full time researchers and that they work round the clock. And really, Peter, I. You do so well, but just call the Telegraph when it yeah, comes to the fashion. That was stuff. a bit of a miss, wasn't it? No, mm. not, not cool. Bit. Not cool. Something else that he said, though, is that that one of the things that makes the royals so appealing uh, as a subject is that there is a record of virtually every moment of their lives. We know where they were. We know what they were allegedly or publicly doing. We know what they were wearing. We know who they were with. So you just have to fill in the emotion,
3: which is the. Most, Most fascinating guesswork, isn't it? Completely. That, that's what I you know, I think makes the crown so appealing is that we can always all assume or think what we might have felt ourselves in those situations or what might have been going on behind the scenes. The episode that I watched last night, I don't want to give too much away, but it kind of goes into Prince Charles's relationship with Camilla and how he didn't end up with Camilla and actually all the behind the scenes kind of negotiations and machinations around what is essentially just a lovely love story between two young people is just incredible
2: and sad. Now, a question that we can never know the answer to. I wonder if you also wonder, are the royals watching and what do they make of it? What must they make of it? Well, they've they've claimed not to, haven't they? They've claimed not to, but a couple of years ago, after the episode where uh, Claire Foy, playing Queen Elizabeth, gave her first televised Christmas address, didn't the Queen completely copy that in her own Christmas address? (laughs) I don't remember that. What happened? So in the episode, she wore like a gold brocade dress and, and they traced, you know, this is her first televised address, blah, blah, blah. And then that Christmas, the Queen wore a gold or an ivory with gold tones for Kate Dress. And in her I'm not going to imitate the queen, but, <laughs> but opened her Christmas address by saying, you know, 50 years ago, I made my first televised Christmas mm. and then showed it.
3: Yeah. I thought oh. someone's been
2: watching The Crown. That's yeah. It's very coy. You
3: do wonder how much they play with us. You know, there's so many instances where... You're like, can this really be a coincidence or have you completely planned this down to the last? And I mean, I recently read Angela Kelly's book. So Angela Kelly is the Queen's dresser. And um, an incredible amount of thought goes into everything that she wears. And actually the only day of the year that the Queen has a makeup artist is when she gives her Christmas address. Are you but, saying
2: we're fancier than the Queen?
3: Well, quite possibly. We get it at least three times a year whenever we do those <laughs> Um Also, Zara
1: Zara Tindall, uh, so Princess Anne's daughter, she spoke once about the crown. She said that... Uh, she hinted that they've seen it and that they know about it. And then she sort of said about like, you know, if it ever gets to the age we're in now, and they were asking like, who would play you? She said maybe Scarlett Johansson.
3: Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I did see someone um, screen grabbed an article that was on a well-known tabloid website, talking about Sarah Ferguson and what she, who she said she would like to play herself once she uh, appears. Oh God, um, who does she want? Well, she's she said Eleanor Tomlinson oh. as a young her, which is you That's know fine, good- but wait for the older version, which I thought was, I mean, just go <laughs> go for it, Sarah. Julianne Moore,
2: sure, <laughs> the Hollywood version.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we all have our kind of dream. Yeah. Well, we play this game at the Telegraph. I would say Fiona Telegraph. Shaw, but <laughs> with
2: the red wig. I mean, she'd be amazing. That would be brilliant.
1: <laughs> well, we played this game at the Telegraph before of who will play us in the Telegraph movie, which inevitably
2: um,
3: will Brexit, be Brexit, the musical.
2: <laughs> commissioned any day now.
0: <laughs> give we all
2: give have us a pick. call. People <laughs> decided on our. Tell end. us who you think should play us in an email. Unzip a telegraph.co.uk. To- be nice. Please be kind, <laughs> Caroline. As you mentioned, you interviewed Aaron Doherty for an, an issue of Stella a few weeks ago, and one of the things that I've most enjoyed over the past weeks is watching you come into the office and see what Aaron has worn on the red carpet. She's the determined night before. that
3: she's going to be a new fashion icon. Well, I am <laughs> I? Am.
1: I mean, well, when I met her in the summer, so she'd, they'd obviously wrapped filming um, for series three and they were just about to start filming series four. Um, so she'll be in it again, obviously, for multiple series to come now. But um, she was kind of, she's a bit of an unknown actress. She had done a lot of stage work. Um, she's been in the Young Vic and the Old Vic for many, many years. But she'd only had like a very small part in Call the Midwife. So she hadn't really done much t v so this is really her breakout role, and she kind of met me in like a cafe in Notting Hill wearing you know Birkenstocks, jeans and a scruffy stripy t shirt and was really she's she's completely different, so she's from Croydon she's put on this accent, this hair, all of this for to play the part of Princess Anne, but she hasn't got. A clue in her own admission, she hadn't got a clue about red carpets, styling, celebrity—you know—all of that kind of side of the job would be completely new to her. And then here we are, what two months later? And yes, all, all the crown premieres, she's you know wearing Dolce and Gabbana tool. She's wearing Valentino. She's wear. She's she's just completely transformed. And I I I think it's amazing. Like I. She she kind of was hesitant to, to do all of that, and she seems to have taken it like a duck to water.
2: She's relishing it. She's loving it. What's been your favourite Aaron Doherty red carpet look?
1: Um, I did like the red, the red Dolce & Cabana that she wore um for the, main, for the main premiere. She did a Valentino dress the other day in L.A., was that? She's also been wearing a bit of, like, vintage-looking poochie. Um, Is that the
2: one-armed caftani type Thing.
1: No, that was this was like a blouse that she wore to a press conference, but I thought that was quite clever because it was a bit of a nod to Princess Anne's actual yes. wardrobe of that time of the 60s and 70s. So
3: she's, she's
1: having a bit of fun with it and she's just, you know. Actually, sort of we eye. should look
3: because in the episode I saw last night, there's a bit of a peachy blouse moment from, from a young Princess Anne. And by the way, everyone, if you want to discover a new royal style icon you need to look back at Princess Anne in the 60s and 70s I mean she just looked amazing yeah I've written a piece for the website basically
1: about what, why she, these were. this was her fashion heyday like the crown has reminded us that this was her moment she looked incredible well she, she had that
2: that birthday picture by Norman Parkinson I think yeah. in, in Vogue it looks like modern day bash ever, bash it looks very cool it really does um, but also, you know, we can't mention caftans and the crown without mentioning Mustique. Ah, uh-huh. yes. And Margaret's Mustique era.
3: Yes. Which is just so fabulous.
2: What is more her, the the evening gowns and cigarette holders in London or caftans mm. and sunglasses on the beach in Mustique?
3: Well, I think it's just the perfect template for, you know, the ultimate, well-dressed, eccentric, international fashionista that we all want to be exactly all our dream lives in several different versions depending on location and current feelings but I mean yeah those caftans and she just could carry everything with such a sense of kind of grandeur and even though she was very short as we mentioned you know she just looks so majestic in these kind of splayed on her mustique home sofas in these kind of incredible printed pieces um it's definitely true what they say she was perhaps born born to be a number one Mm. a number two born to be a number one she spent (laughs) her life as a vice queen Mm. but not a vice queen alas Alas.
0: Hello, I'm Marianne Jones, and I'm the editor of The Telegraph magazine, which means I spend my week overseeing every page, from the front cover to hard-hitting news reports, columns and lifestyle features. We go to print weekly, so we have a little bit longer to craft our journalism, using our award-winning writers and fantastic art and photography teams. That means we can publish long-form pieces that really get to the heart of the story. Just recently, our cover interviews with Joaquin Phoenix and James Middleton made global headlines, while our writer Mick Brown's investigation into false memory syndrome won a major press award. And the fact of the matter is, we couldn't have done all of this without our subscribers. Without them, we just can't commission the stories you like reading or make podcasts like this one. Why not try out a 30-day subscription to The Telegraph completely free? Go to thetelegraph.co.uk slash audio.
2: Meanwhile, it's not just The Crown on TV. We're in the midst of the season of costume dramas... Besides the crown, there's his dark materials on the BBC. I interviewed Caroline McCall, the costume designer, about her the glamorous vintage inspired looks that she created for Ruth Wilson to wear as Mrs. Coulter. And Bethan, today you're writing about another period drama that we're all looking forward to.
3: Yes, I'm writing a feature about Little Women, which is obviously not TV, but film. I've seen the film and I mean, it's it's such a treat. I mean, if you love, you know, besides the costumes, if you if you love the book or the previous films, and and you love that story, it is such a a beautiful and rich kind of modern retelling. Um, and how are the clothes? The, the clothes are just sumptuous. Florence Pugh is. Amy, she has this incredible Europe wardrobe, which is so fancy and very couture, you know, and nothing like Joe, who is just so practical. But yeah, she has this slight, it almost reminded me of that kind of early Chanel thing of the sort of the sailor collars and women's wear borrowed from men's wear. Very practical, lots of denim So that's beautiful. And I actually loved Laura Dern as Marmee, had all these really beautiful kind of paisley dresses. Um, Yeah, they were definitely like very vampire's wife. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a real treat.
2: I, I think given that this film adaptation is directed by Greta Gerwig, it was always going to be very stylish. And you spoke with one designer who said that she heard that her current designs were actually influential to the costuming. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, so um well I've interviewed the costume designer who gave me loads of really interesting insights. I did talk to her about why the costumes actually seem so modern even though it's obviously set during the American Civil War. And we kind of spoke about that, but she didn't she didn't tell me that she might have a modern label on her mood board. But I spoke with Batshiva, whose dresses, obviously so reminiscent of that era, and she said she'd heard that, um yeah, some of her lookbooks were on the Little Women mood board. So, um yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. I, mean, I think we could all go and see Little Women dressed as Little Women, courtesy of Batshiva. We're Bhatshiva. actually going to
1: do a team outing, aren't we, to go oh, yeah. and watch
2: it again? I hope so. So we've got I'll wear Duan, you can wear Batshiva. We've also got Vampire's Wife. Horror uh, vacui, or vacui, I am obsessed with as well. And you should check out Mary Benson, London. She does those kind of oh, dresses. Oh, yes. she, she makes them up herself in London and then sells them mm. on Instagram. So this winter, in other words, we, sh- we will all be wearing either prims, 1960s suits and gold helmets, or musty greedy ready caftans if you're doing a winter sun escape, or a modern prairie look, or if you're in my house... A sparkly cape. Frozen 2. Because the other big cultural <laughs> flash fashion event of the winter is Frozen 2. So fair warning, you're going to see a lot of little girls and long-suffering parents running around town in capes and cloaks and sparkly tiaras and they're not on a Hindu they are just really excited about Anna and Elsa's return.
3: Well Emily I tried to get you to buy your daughter a pink sparkly handbag at the Stella Smartworks sale on Saturday and you were having none of it I could tell. I was absolutely having none of that. I was styling her up it looked so good <laughs> it was like such a good look and I could just see the Abhorrence on your face. She already <laughs> she already has enough handbags,
2: but thank you very much. <laughs> you can read more coverage of the crown at telegraph.co.uk slash fashion. To read all of our premium fashion coverage, register for a free month long subscription at telegraph.co.uk dot uk slash fashion unzipped sub. Follow us on Instagram. I'm at Emily Crow, E M I L Y C R O. Bethan is at Bethan Holt and Caroline is at Caroline Leaper. And email us. We'd love to know what you think of the podcast, the crown, costumes, royal fashion, any questions that you have for us at all. So email us on unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Thanks again. See you back here soon.